0: But, but God can only get this from you. And Jesus sums it really simple. He says, what God wants from you, what only you can give Him is love God, love everybody who's not God. That's it. Love God, love every person you meet that's not God. And loving people is really difficult because we don't always like people. We don't always like what they do. We don't always like what they say. And and I think sometimes we forget they don't always like what we do. They don't, they don't always like what we say as well. But life is emotional. Life is fickle. Life is situational. But love is all about your response to who God is to you and what he's done for you. And so when people say, how can you love someone you don't like? I always want to say, well, let me tell you about some people in my family. But the truth of the matter is, it's because Jesus loves me despite what I do. Despite my failures, despite my brokenness, despite my rebellion, Jesus loved me. Prove it. We'll just celebrate it by going to the cross on our behalf. And so, but then he doesn't say just to love people. We're supposed to love God. And we're not supposed to just love God. We love God with all our heart. And we talked about that last week. Loving God with all your heart is is this idea that, you know, I'm just going to love you so much that if it's just me and you, and that's all I have left in the world, I'm good if, if I lose everything and all I have is the Lord, I have everything I need. Now, this next thing that Jesus talks about is loving God with all your soul. <coughs> loving God with all your soul is maybe, of all these things, is the most difficult for us to grab a hold of. So this is going to be a little different today. <clears throat> Because we live in a culture, where we like to quantify, and qualify things. We like to know what something is, right? I mean, we want to know. We want to be able to put our hands on a and to tell someone this is what it is. And so, when we talk about our heart. I Man, we can all relate to our heart, and we all understand how important our heart is to us. Just when you know, when your heart messes up, it, it sends a sense of hand. And so, we can kind of get okay. So. That's kind of how I'm supposed to love God in, in such a way that when it's not off kilter, she causes a panic in my life. But how do I love God with all my soul? Which means we have to start trying to qualify this. So, what's my soul? How, 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 how do we figure all these things out? And so, we're going to look at some things. So, here's the first thing i are talk to you about the, the Hebrew and Greek word are the same word, they mean to breathe. So the word for soul you find in the Bible in Greek and in Hebrew it just means to breathe. Voluntary. So just just gentle everyday breathing at some point in time we'll talk about that. That's really important. Uh, for something else we'll talk about it down the road. I'm Sure. Now if you look up like if you go to a Bible dictionary they can find all these Bible terms and a soul is defined as that which keeps you alive. So, well my heart keeps me alive. Well that may be true but according to the Bible and these terms, this terminology is your soul that keeps you alive. And so this is our jumping off point today, okay? This is where we're gonna start. Your soul is the place where you are most deeply. Healed. And your place, your soul is the place that God dwells. So, let's start there. Alright? There's this, I don't remember what these things are called, but I was fascinated by them, and you know you get you have this a round toy, and you know, you put square holes and square pegs and square holes and so forth and so on, right? Forgot what those things are called. We ain't going make them anymore. Uh, they were great toys. Here's what it is how this connects. Imagine your soul is a round hole, and you're trying to fill it with square peg. and you're just hammering. And you're hammering and you're hammering. You get frustrated because the square peg doesn't fit to the round hole, and we get really frustrated. But when I so when I say your soul is a place where you're most deeply you, your soul is a place where God dwells, it's like taking a round peg and putting it in a round hole. It fits the way it's supposed to. Your soul is the place where God fits. And nothing else on the planet does. Not a person, not a thing, not a thought. Your soul is a place where only God fits. problem is, we spend a, people spend a lot of times in life trying to fit things there that just don't fit, and we get frustrated. So your soul is a place where God dwells. It is because God created you in His image, which leads to the next thing we're going to talk about, which is this. Your soul is the place that knows God. That's really important. Not the place that believes in God, the place that knows God. And so we kind of have this thing going on in our culture. It's been going on for a long, long time. People who say, oh, there's no such thing as God. And maybe you're there now. Maybe you've been there now. Maybe you have question. I mean, I, I don't know where you're at. But we, we live in this world where people go, well, you know, we're just going to deny there's a God. Here's what you need to understand. God made us in his image. God made us that there's something in every human being where only he fits and nothing else fits, and no one else fits. <coughs> Only He fits. To deny the existence of God is deny what God naturally put you inside of you. So when someone, so that's why sometimes you'll get these people that are really fierce in their denial of, you know, I don't believe there's a God, so they'll just go on and on and on about why there's no God. And I believe sometimes they're trying to convince themselves there's no such thing as God. Now, just because you believe in God doesn't mean you really know God is real. And that is where things get a little complicated. Your soul is the place where you know, you know, beyond the shadow of even God, there's a God. Now you may not understand, all there is to understand about God, and most of us don't, you may not understand who He is, you may not understand how He works, you may not even know if you even want any part of Him. But there's something God put in you natural that we know he's real. We don't think he's real or hope he's real. We know he's real. And and what I refer to as the soul chapter of the Bible is the 46th Psalm. And that's where we're going to camp today. In the 46th Psalm, we're going to learn talk about two really important truths and kind of unpack it. Okay, so when it comes to your soul, here are the two things we need to learn. Here's the first one. Your soul is the place. Where we become still. Your soul is the place where we become still. We're going to talk about that in a second. The 46th Psalm, verse 10. So we're going to start at the end, work our way back up, and skip around, okay? It's, like I said, it's a little different today. 46th Psalm, verse 10 says this Be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. Be still. And know that I am God. Be still. That's where it starts. And I don't know about you, but being still is really hard for me. Um, I have what some doctors refer to as some serious attention deficit issues. Okay? I am, if you've seen, I don't know the movie, I think it's the movie, uh, the the character with the dog is talking about the squirrel, that's me. Uh, That's me. And it's really frustrating, so I'm just going to disclaimer up front. If you're ever having a conversation and I, it looks like I'm checking out. I don't mean to, but I probably did. But I'll be back. I promise. I always come back. Okay, I always make my way back, and I usually pick up wherever I'm supposed to. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm a working process, all right. For some people, being still is easy because they don't want to do anything. Now, my mama called that lazy, but sometimes we just call it. I'm just, I don't really feel like doing anything. Okay. To be still is not about physical movement. It's not about what you do. It's about becoming still in your soul. But being still on the inside. No matter what's going on on the outside. But becoming still on the inside. And so when the psalmist, when David says, be still so you can know God. It's about being still deep deep in your soul so how do we get still in our soul so there's there's a couple of things we can do now in a few weeks two or three weeks I think three weeks crystals on spring break we're going to Florida for a few days okay all I need is an excuse to go to a beach and I'm late, All right. and she gave me a perfect excuse we're going and there's gonna be a beach it's gonna be cool it's gonna be great Now, when I travel, I am all about getting there. I rode a couple weeks ago with Howard Pope to uh, Swainsboro to deliver cows. And for the record, I did not sell cows, Howard did, despite what somebody in the family was saying. But anyway, so, and we talked about traveling. We ended up talking about a lot of stuff. And one thing I learned about Howard is he likes the back roads, he likes seeing things, he likes going the road less traveled, I don't think he likes going the same way twice (laughs) because my head was spinning. I only knew we were in Scranton County because I recognized a few things. I'm not that way. I like interstate. I like five over, and I said five over, and I wasn't always that way. It is that way now. I like getting there. I like going to lunch at Cracker Barrel. I'm gonna do it today. I hate stopping at Cracker Barrel when I travel because I cannot get Crystal out of Cracker Barrel. <laughs> and all I want to do is get where I am going. That's it. I just want to get where I'm going, right? You know what I'm talking about? As I get older, and I'm not really good at it yet, but I am learning to appreciate there's some value in stuff. My kids would like to travel with this guy. The guy they traveled with was a maniac on the road. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Got to hurry, got to to go. Here's the deal. In our lives, in our spiritual lives, it's all about the destination, right? We want to get to heaven. A lot of things happen between now and heaven, and sometimes we get so focused on where we're trying to get, we stop paying attention to the things that are going on around us. The way you become still. Start paying attention to the things that are going on around you. In other words, loving God with all your soul, about paying attention to the journey that you're on. That's how you get still. You just start paying attention to the things that are going on around you. Sometimes God puts people on your path just to get your attention. I don't know if it's happened to you, but it's happened a lot to me where I've had these unsolicited conversations. With people who had no idea what was going on in my life, but God put me in my life at the right time, the right moment, said the right things, what I needed to hear, and here's what I figured out now. Sometimes I'm paying attention, and sometimes I'm not. And when I'm not, it's because I'm worried about getting somewhere, doing something, be you know, getting something accomplished. The way we become still in our soul we pay attention to what the Lord's doing in our lives every day. How God's blessing your life every day, regardless of what's going on around you. It's about paying attention to the journey. So uh, a few years ago, I don't remember how many years ago it was, we um, were in Florida, and I had an experience with a dolphin. And I had a dolphin, that was, I mean, five feet from me. And I'm on the sandbar. Now, I'm going to tell you right now. Your first thought when you see a dolphin pop here to me in the water is not that's a dolphin. Your first thought is I'm about to die. Because <laughs> that was my first thought. And my heart was racing. And my adrenaline, I mean, I believe I could like Peter, could have ran on the water and gotten out of there. Until <laughs> I figured out what it was. It was really cool. And then I started having this thought. I wonder how many times that's happened to me. And I just never saw it. Because I wouldn't pay attention. How many things happen to you in your life because we don't stop and pay attention? So how do I become still? How do I love God with all my soul? Wasn't my soul so important that God, Jesus said, love God with all your heart, all your soul? Because we need to learn to be still. I learned learn to be still, I just paying attention to what God still now, when we pay attention to what God's doing, we learn something else about becoming still, and that is this. When we come still, we stop running ahead of God. We just stop running ahead of God. And I spend a lot of my life running way faster than God wants me to move. As a child of the King of Kings, here's the simple truth. We should live life at the pace He sets for us, not the pace we set for Him. Life should happen on His terms. Not our terms. And when we become still, when we pay attention to things going on around us, sometimes we realize, man, I'm way out front of God. Sometimes we realize God's way out in front and I need to catch up. But it doesn't happen if we don't become still and we don't become still if we don't pay attention to the journey that he's put us on. So, to love God with all your soul. Is, is to learn to become still. It's different than heart. It's way different things we're going to talk about in the next two weeks. But it's important. In fact, I would suggest if there was a pecking order of importance, this might be at the top of the list. Because if you get the soul right, the heart falls in place. When the heart falls into place, the other things fall into place. When you get the soul wrong, you we have trouble with all the other stuff. So love God with all your soul is about to come instilled. But here's the other reason your soul is so important. And we see this in the 46th Psalm. And that's because the soul is the place that holds suffering. Why is it so important to love God with all your soul? Because that place where only He fits is the place where we hold suffering. 46th Psalm. This is uh, the rest of it. So we're going to go to the beginning and go back to the end. First one. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of earth, of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos. Their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders. The earth melts. And verse 11 says, It's the Lord of heaven's armies. It's here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. The 46th Psalm paints a picture of a world in chaos, of trouble. Difficult. So this week was, um, I always think about this, the anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. And everybody in every generation has some rallying point. And for some of you, it might have been Pearl Harbor. I don't know. It might have been some other things. For me, it was 9-11. I can tell you to this day everything I was doing. I can tell you where I was. I can tell you what I was doing. I can tell you how I felt. I can tell you everything about that day. I can tell you two days after that when there were no planes in the sky and I was with a friend of mine in the golf course and we were sitting there and we looked up in the sky and we said that's weird because there was, it just, there was no planes in the sky. I can tell you almost everything about that day. What I can tell remember most is how horrible I felt for people I didn't even know. People who went to work, people who got on planes, travel, whose lives lives changed. Husbands lost wives, lost lost husbands, people lost kids, kids lost parents, lost grand. I mean, it was a devastating. And so, when I was thinking about it this week, and I was thinking about this sermon, and, and, and your soul, that's what happens in your soul. It's the place that suffering camps, And it's the place that it stays until it's time to go. So there's two things I want to talk to you about as far as this goes. Here's the first. Thing. When you mourn, you don't mourn from the shallow end; you mourn from the deep end. There's a difference in mourning and being sad. Right? There's a difference between a little upset and mourning. There's a difference in being a little uncomfortable and mourning. Mourning comes from the depths. Sadness is emotional. It's as different as love and life. Sadness comes and sadness goes. Mourning hangs out for a long time. And when you mourn, you mourn from the deep end of who you are. You don't mourn from the shallow. You mourn from your soul. Because that's the place that holds suffering. For some people, morning is difficult. It's difficult because we don't know how to do it. It's difficult because we don't know when it's supposed to end. We don't know how it's supposed to start. There are all these reminders of of things in our lives. So why should we love God with all of our souls? Because that's the place that morning comes. Just just this intense pain of the reality. This life is really hard and painful and brutal. Now the second truth that kind of connects to that is this. that When you weep, tears don't come from the shallow end. They come from the deep end. Folks, there's a difference in crying and weeping, right? If you've ever wept, you know there's a difference. There's a difference in crying and there's a difference in weeping. And here's how I learned that, as a grown-up, been in ministry for a long time. When my dad died, um, that was the hardest thing I've had to do in my life up to this point. And it was hard because he was my hero. And it was hard because he was the leader of our family. And it was hard because he was the only grandparent my kids had. Crystal's dad died years and years earlier. I'd never met Crystal's dad. And it was hard because Crystal had to marry her dad again. And, and honestly, my dad had been her dad almost as long as her dad was it maybe long. And it was hard because I was taking care of all these people. But I wasn't taking care of me. And my mom wanted my brother and I and a family friend to archive in the funeral. And so we did my dad's funeral. I remember. Going to my office at CCF, that's where I was, and sitting in my office, laptop's on, tablets over, uh, notepads over here, Bible's open, and I'm going, I had nothing. I sat there for an hour and stared at the computer screen. Read my Bible, I feel like reading my Bible, put it down, I just, I had nothing. And somewhere along the way, I believe looking back now, the Lord said, it's time for you to deal and I just didn't realize it was over. So I drove to the cemetery where my dad uh, was going to be buried. And the hole had been dug, and I stood over a hole. And I'm going to tell you something. I cried so hard, so fierce, with such intensity that my body hurt. I mean, I was in pain. And when I was done, I was done. Not because I was in love with my dad, I was done. Here's what I learned. Weeping comes from deep, deep inside, and you can't control it, and you can't stop it when it happens. And here's the deal: you're not supposed to stop it when it happens, but it's supposed to get out of you. It's not healthy to hang on to all that. And I bet everyone here has a story just like mine. Might be a little different, but it all ends in the same place. We can relate to mourning. We can relate to weeping. We can relate to loss. We can relate to standing in a a cemetery. Maybe you've never stood over an empty hole. I'm telling you, it's tough. We can all relate. And so when we understand that God wants us to love him with all of our soul, why is that so important? Because this is the place where we hold suffering and mourning and weep. It all comes from this one place. So when Jesus said, love God with all your heart and all your soul, he wasn't just making a list. He was saying, man, there's more to love in God than just this emotional love and there's more than this will. And you've got to dig deep to love God, that you should love God from the depths of your soul, from the deep waters. It's like ocean waves. Love ocean waves. Love big ocean waves. Love body surfing on big ocean waves. Big ocean waves start way out deep, way out deep. We're supposed to love God way down deep inside of us, when it makes no sense to love Him. Now, at the same time, we don't have time to go through these other things. <coughs> the, other, the other part about your soul. Song. Your soul is a place that holds suffering. Your soul's a place where we become still. But you know what your soul also is? Your soul is a place where we hold joy. The difference between happy and being joyful. Happiness is spur of the moment. Happiness. watching my, listen, my boy run back a seven-yard punt yesterday in the Georgia game. That was happiness. Joy is different. My granddaughter, first time I held her, that's joy. That wasn't happiness. I I shot past happiness a long away. That was joy. Joy comes from your soul. But also from your soul. Why God says we should protect our soul and let God rob our soul is your soul is the place where you figure out that people, despite their brokenness, despite their flaws, despite all the horrible things they've done, are redeemable. Your soul is where you figure out you're redeemed. And sometimes we need to figure out that we're redeemable so we can figure out that other people are redeemable. So it's not just, your soul is not just a place that holds these these things that need to come out, man. It holds some really good things that need to come out. So when God's, when Jesus says, love God with all your soul, because so many things, so many things come from the depths of our soul. It's really, really simple. Loving God with all your soul comes from the depth of who you are. The place where you were made to fit with God. That's it. So you can spend your life taking square peg, trying to cram you into that round hole. You can just do it. And I'm just telling you this is all your life's going to be. This. Can I just tell you something? This will wear you out. This doesn't. This doesn't. Life is difficult. We know that. Life was meant to be lived in conjunction with the creator of the universe. And that was made possible when Jesus came into the world and died for us. So here's the question. This, this is it. It's not, the question is not do you love God. You ask people that question, yeah, yeah, I love God. People who don't know they love God will say they love God because there's something in them that knows God's real and well, I think I love God because there's something that I need it Right? People who are suffering, who turned to everyone else, who turn to God, I love God. Well, yeah, yeah. So the question is not do you love God. Here's the question. From where do your love of God come from? Does it come from the shallow end of who you are, or does it come from the depths of your soul? Do you love God from the deep end of your life, or do you love God from the shallow end of your life? It's all the difference in loving God with all your soul and just loving God. Lord, we are, uh, we are, uh, we have really suffered. We have gone through a lot of things, everybody in this room, everyone in our church family, the people that we need to reach for your kingdom. We suffer through so much. But it is this deep-seated from the depths of who we are love that we have for you that carries us through suffering. It is the moment we learn to get still and pay attention to what you're doing, to pay attention to where we are. If we're where we need to be, that we learn to love you from the depths of our soul. When we love you from the depths of our soul, we will love everyone <coughs> who is not you, and we will love them so much we will just want them to spend eternity to you. We we'll do whatever we need to do to make that. We just love you that much. So, Lord, I pray that in, 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 in difficulties of this life, that we will love you from the deep end of we are because that's where you are. That we will stop trying to cram things into our life that don't fit because only you fit there. And that's our prayer, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Okay, now we're going to have a time of decision.